Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser and I'm not joined by Paul Finney today. A cue sigh of relief amongst everyone. Paul, we love you really. He's not with us tonight, but I do have three very capable gentlemen alongside me. We have Mark Perkins. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome back, Mark. This is your second appearance on the podcast. It is. I was saying the last time I appeared, it was the week we signed Joey Barton. So quite a bit <laughs> has happened in, in between them. So it's 2011? Seven uh, years ago, was it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. 2012. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome back. Hopefully it won't be 2025 before you're next on. Who knows what will be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now, uh, and joining Mark and myself, we have the first ever father and son combination uh-huh. on the podcast good so we have father johnny mac Hello. good evening good evening and you must be bursting with pride because we have do you, i hope you don't mind me saying your age but we have 15 year old alfie mac yeah. on is it is it half term it is half term for some for some, yeah. for some. right for yeah yeah, yeah. he got right. out of bed especially for the podcast so <laughs> yeah i think so. you were texting me this morning weren't you and 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 um you, you said, oh, I'm going to speak to Alfie about tonight, and it was about 10 o'clock. Yeah, and he well, said, but he hasn't got out of bed yet. Yeah, and he didn't get out of bed for another couple of hours. So right. Uh, Those were the days. Well, they just. Well, Those they were just. the days. Welcome, Alfie. Thanks. You have actually been on before. I have when we got Ali Fallen in. That's right. We did a, a kids did a special kids a few years ago. Ali Fallen, yeah, and I came in for that. So that was the last time. I was on it, and so, the only time. So we get a, we, it's sort of a bit of a running joke or, or, or ongoing stick that maybe occasionally we drop in references that are too old on the pod. We don't necessarily cater <laughs> for younger QPR fans. So I am going to have I do have a lot of questions that I want to ask you as we go through. Right. So um, <clears throat> tonight um, we we've got a great interview. Hopefully coming up, we're speaking to Don Shanks a bit later in the show. Um, former QPR favourite. He's running the marathon in aid of Stan Bowles and the Alzheimer's Society, and we're going to hear a bit more from him. He's out in New York because that's where he's running the marathon on Sunday. We'll talk to him in a bit. Um, the only other thing I need to say before we get on with QPR stuff is um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at QPR Pod. Go on our Facebook page. Um, please interact with us. And if you want to listen to old episodes, go to qprpod.co.uk. And we would like to thank Richard Lloyd, who has donated the beers this evening. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. There Richard. you go. Thank you, Richard. There you go. That's the only reason I'm here. Yeah. Uh, right. Sometimes, sometimes it's really difficult doing this podcast because how do you do a 30-minute show if Finney's not here or an hour and 30-minute show if he is here? About I can feel him in the room, though. I yeah. feel his presence. Yeah. How, how do you do... A podcast when like we've just lost again and like this kind, but this is different. Feels like there's so much to talk about. So um, the form, the form. This has almost crept up on all of us. So we did the last podcast a week ago after the Ipswich victory, but we've since strung two wins uh, on the trot together. I mean three in a row, obviously. Um, so let, let me tell you. 
a couple of the things. The, the headlines, we've lost twice in the last two months, having had a horror start. We didn't win... The, um, we didn't win three games in a row at any stage last season, and we've just done it in the space of six days. We're five matches unbeaten, during which we've had one goal conceded. I believe we are the form team in the country, most definitely the championship, Yeah. if not the entire country. 20, I want to say 21 points from 10 games, something like that. Um how how what, what how, how are we all about that? Are you as stunned as I am? So how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling really good about it. Um, so I haven't seen as many games um, at home as I wanted the season due, for, due to one reason or another. Um, and I missed Tuesday's... Um, I was unable to get down on Tuesday, but I was watching it on my phone from Barnet General with uh, my other son, who's recently had his tonsils out. Mm. So we watched that in the hospital, um, which was great. But I have to say, and I know David York sort of come on to it in a minute, but um, the, the personnel for me in the squad, okay, is very similar to what we had last season and the Holloway team that we had, um, or the Holloway squad that we had to, to what we've got. You know the core of the team sort of is still there. Certainly, the the spine with one or two, one or two changes. But we just look so much more organised, harder to break down. Um, clearly, we're not dominating. Um, certainly, the last two games at home, and I think we dominated possession as much as probably we all would have liked. Um, but we defend doggedly, hard to beat. Uh, we get behind the ball. And I think we, we, we just, we're not as, a, I felt we were always a bit of a pushover and a bit light and a bit soft. Um, and I feel that the, the personnel that have come in have shored things up. So, so yeah, I'm feeling sort of really good about it. The only My only caveat to that is we still need to play a lot of the, you know, top teams. So it's going to be a big, big test, I think. What about you, Mark? What do you think? Well, I've got a confession to make because... Um after being a season ticket holder for 29 years, I, I stopped going for two seasons, and I, I just started coming back. And it's, I, I want to take credit for this this return of form. Uh, I, I stopped it's good, going. It's good timing. I, think. I, I stopped going around uh, the, the time Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank um, decided mm. to play anti football and, and having a wife that a new getting newly married. And having to split. You got newly married, not Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. I, I, I yes. got married to Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. <laughs> yes. It was never going to work. Um, <laughs> Irreconcilable uh, differences. So I, I, I tried combining uh, a new marriage with with watching Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's brand of football, and I decided I, I decided marriage was better. You, you also hit forty, <laughs> and you realise that um, you have a finite amount of time, and, and do you really want to spend that time telling your wife you? can't attend her plans because you're watching Connor Washington uh, play against Barnsley. Um, but but now, now the marriage has settled and my wife realises she actually doesn't want to see that very much of me. Um, and the form has improved. Uh, I, I think part of it is, is down to... Well, I, I went to the last game of last season, which was... Um, not Sheffield, it was Birmingham City. And we yes. won 3-1. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Samuel scored, Chair scored, a lot of the younger players played. And that brought me back in. There seemed to be a plan at the club uh, about uh, bringing players through. I think this season there, there was a trial and error. There was probably about eight or nine young players who were all blooded, and of those, only Ezzy and Lumley are in the starting eleven. But there's so does, that, like, does that bother, does that bother you? That's no, okay, no, isn't no it? not at all. Because I think I think there's there are players who will be good enough in the future. And, and can stand in, uh, but we needed to bring in those experienced players like Rangel, who felt he had something to prove after being let go by Swansea. Um, 
and it's made a big difference. And suddenly they're watchable again. Mm. Uh, and you've got uh, the wall. Uh, the wall. The Leisner and Lynch centre back. Lynch has suddenly turned into Paolo Maldini in the space, mm. space of a month. <laughs> uh, and, their, and their defensive, everything's working. Bidwell suddenly looks really good. The back four works, Lumley mm. works. Um, and they're playing entertaining football through Ozzy and Freeman. Um, so everything's coming together. Uh, I think they've found a, a pattern of mm-hmm. play that works. They've tried Ezzy and Freeman on the wings. Whenever that happens, it, the football tends to break down and we don't create chances. Um, so as long may it continue. Uh, Alfie, to set the context for me, how long have you been going to QPR I for? I think this is my eighth year now, I believe. So I've been going for, for quite a while. So you started in the last championship season? So the first season Alfie came was we when Tarat... Yeah, was, was in the team. It was, okay. it was, season, it was promotion so season. So that, that, that was with Bradley Orr and Casper Gorks <laughs> and that. You team. basically had the wall pulled over your eyes with that. Yeah, season. you thought it was oh, going to yeah. be like that all the time. Uh, it was my first game. I remember it was nil nil half time. Wanted to go. Oh my home. god! And we half won. Time. Yeah. Can we go home? <laughs> and and, and that's we beat Middlesbrough three nil that game, and it was like you know cheering. And that was great, unbelievable season. Mm. Then it's kind of Saved you know almost gone downhill since but this I mean but you kept with it yeah and how are you feeling about this this sort of run of form the last few weeks I think that there's been it's been I don't think we can get carried away because I think oh why I know because I've McLaren I'm I'm not trying to be negative but McLaren he usually has a dip at some point and whether that be already gone or is still to come. As long as it's not in the playoff final. Exactly. (laughs) But I do think right now we just enjoy it and try and keep it up for as long as possible. I mean, there's... He... Honestly, hats off to McLaren because I... After those first four games, I think all the fans were... A lot of fans think this is a mistake. Why did we get rid of Holloway after... You know, we were safe last season with about nine games to go and started starting young teams. Did you think that? I did, yeah, and honestly. do you think that now? I don't. But I think it just took him a while to, you know, get going, get playing. And the team spirit, actually, Dad and I were talking after the Villa game. And I said, the team spirit is um, like, unbelievable. Yeah. He said, I have not seen him celebrate a win like that in a long, long time. I just you noticed see, the players after yeah. the final whistle haven't seen... I mean, yeah, they all... So they practically did a lap of honour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in I, a good way, just to yes. engage with the fans. And and it just so you felt that there's something... off after I, another defeat. I, exactly. I don't want to say we didn't deserve it, because that goes a bit too far, but there's something particularly sweet about a win mm-hmm. where the other team can has genuine cause to feel hard done by that they didn't yeah. get anything from it. It's it was just the defender. Yeah, I mean, I would have taken the draw at the start of play differently and <clears throat> had they scored from a... Not that they created a lot of chance... All right, under pressure last five, ten minutes, but, you know, if they'd have scored and we got a draw, I wouldn't have felt totally aggrieved. Would have, you know, I mean, how many times did like, you think they'd scored and someone had run in? Do you see Rangel at the very end? He made a yeah. block and he properly celebrated the block. Yeah. Like He properly celebrated it. And, and that it was reminds just... me of the old, the, the old days of uh, like Clint Hill and Sean Derry yeah. defending mm. like that and yeah. everyone yeah. in it all together. It may not always be pretty, but it's effective. Yeah. And you, yeah. you are clinging on. I, I must admit it would have ripped my heart out if we'd 
conceded a goal oh, in the last yeah. few yeah, minutes. Of course. I was on the edge of my seat with yeah. that game. It, but I but think but uh, un, un, against other teams under different managers, we would have. Con- I felt like we would have conceded. I, I the point yeah. I'm making Confidence is, if, you were, if you're Villa and you're a Villa fan, you think, how did we not get yeah. something? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. I, 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 honestly, the the playoff final that victory was not deserved. Oh, yeah, that was just not. a gift from someone somewhere. This victory was deserved in its own way, but you know, you know, we 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 we, we rode some luck. Let's say, yeah, um, yeah. Before we go to the interview, I want to ask you all very in a very straight way: were we wrong about McLaren? So I'm going to kick off here. So we had a little chat about this before. I'm going to say um, I'm not eating any humble pie on this one because I was a I, I was a, a big backer of um, McLaren more from the fact that I see him as a or I saw him as a better proposition than than Holloway just because he'd been in the championship um, and I think he's achieved. Um, and not so that you know Holloway so has lost four in the, on the spin. You uh, keep with it, keep with it. Yeah, and, and I think you can't. You know, four games is is not enough. And I think managers suffer from well, football for me is all about expectation. So clearly, people had an expectation at the start of the season as you know, people who wanted to stick with Holloway because felt that he was building something. And you know, we did we finished you know in a in a what was probably an appropriate position for for the squad and the performances. Um, McLaren for me clearly have been you know England manager who's managed abroad I think he has a better pedigree whether his stats stack up um, you know that for for the appointment um, is a a matter of opinion but I think he had more to offer so yeah the first four games were pretty disappointing and clearly he was trying to play a style of football with the squad that he had at the time that was was challenging and uh, and people were saying he can't do it and you know with what you got and the kids that we um uh, we're, we're putting in the team. We're clearly not up to the job. I'm sure someone said some some time ago you can't win anything with kids. But um, while for, ago now, yeah, it was a while yeah. ago. But I mean, for for me, the people coming out and saying we said our strategy was going to be invest in the youth and bring the kids through, and then we're signing all of these 35 year olds. Well, I think we learnt. You know, for me, it was like if something's not working, you need to make a change. So the decision was taken to change the strategy, and it's now sort of paying dividends. Well, there is an argument which I think was articulated to some degree by I think it was Dave McIntyre on Twitter, which with the sentiment of it was basically he bet the farm. After those four four games, he bet the farm on bringing in expensive players. Cameron, Hemed, Wells. That could, and how many times have we seen it, could have gone wrong. Yeah. And hasn't. Yeah. And sometimes doing that doesn't. Yeah, but but I mean, we've, we've heard it, load, you know, you've had Gallon on here a load of times and said it's about personnel and it's about recruitment. And we needed to recruit and, you know, we've recruited what seemed to be good you know good players and I think if you bring in four sometimes you might get two good ones and one average one and a duffer it feels like the four that we brought in there's not one of those four that I don't love mm-hmm. mm. it's there that like we always tend to have a wrong one that you don't yeah. quite like the look of yeah I, I think yeah and it feels like we've brought them all in for a reason it's usually when yes. QPR bring in players it's like yeah he looks alright let's bring him in and they usually end up falling out of the team they've strength, strengthened the positions yeah, where we I need mean, Wells, Wells is you know, almost well, almost falling out of the team. Yeah, he's been dropped, but he's still, you know, still scored. But he is still a class Premier League player, and he is still mm. one of our better players. But he's, you know, uh, McLaren actually said I saw an interview. 
after the Sheffield Wednesday game, a case of who to play Hemed or Wells. But that, didn't we start with two um, of them? Didn't we, we did start they, with both, but then uh, and even they had then, to go out to the but right. But even then, we started with both <coughs> of them, and now it feels like we want to play one or the other or alternate them. It, don't yeah, feel exactly. like we're, it feels like we're better with one of them on the pitch. I think that's mm. the system, because that's where you get Freeman and Essie yeah, playing in yeah, their exactly. roles. It um, was since we brought in Cameron, because uh, Scowan was dropped to play both of them, and then he wants to play Cameron... And then, you know, he can't play everyone, so he's had to drop... He's dropped a striker. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, Wells got his first goal. He scored, scored a goal. Scored, like, you know, from the bench as well. So I think it's good recruitment. And really. I, I like to think this is all a method to get Adrissa Silla to raise his game so he can come back Who? and be yeah. the striker he no. always, we always thought he would be. And our list of forgotten players. Yes. Right, gentlemen, we're going to come back to the team. We're going to come right. back to our best team because we have, hopefully, in America, in New York, Don Shanks waiting to talk to us now. Don, thank you very much for yeah. joining us. So, so explain to us where you are now and how you are feeling about running this huge uh, uh, marathon on at the weekend well I'm in Sarasota, sunny Florida um, I've been doing my training up here for the last five, six days it's nice and warm up here um, and I'm in sort of good shape but now I'm ready to go up to New York and uh, run the event on Sunday, yeah and are you aiming for a particular time or you, you just want to finish it? Yeah, it, you know, I think the um, my target is get round. I'm looking to do it in maybe four hours and a half, five hours, something like that. Um, all being well, I'm just hoping it's not a freezing cold morning. The temperatures in New York, they're sort of anticipating sort of 45, 50 the weekend, which maybe be a bit cold, but hopefully it's no worse than that, you know? And remind us or remind everyone who's listening why you're doing it and what you're raising money for? Well, I'm doing it obviously for, for Stan's aftercare. You know, the family, you know, more or less similar decision that after Christmas and New Year, they're going to sort of like get Stan into a full time care home. So, like, that's, you know, the main part of why I'm running, of course. And the old type is society you know, for raising money for the research like, um, you know the whole thing is a real sort of like a stigma about old timers and people don't really seem to talk about it and you know it needs it needs the research it needs the scientists out there you know getting their microscopes come up with something and like you know you grow sort of experimenting testing to be done it all costs money otherwise we're going to stay where we are in 15 years time you'll have another player finished Unfortunately, will come up with this. You don't know when it's coming. It just locks on, and that's you. Five, six years later, you know. Unfortunately, you know you're in sort of stand position, you know, which is horrible. So, understand old time society, and let's not forget the number ten foundation, which is like you know the QPR thing for you know players, older players who sort of finish with a club and might have a few issues. You know, might have to have a couple of operations, and there's you know there'd be some financial assistance to help them out. You know. So, so Don, you uh, you've been very close friends with Stan Bowles for decades now. Um, since you played together for uh, QPR, clearly he's one of, if not the um, best player that's ever played for QPR. Huge legend, uh, uh, 
explain, um, uh, tell us, update us on how he is, first of all. Well, the last time I've seen Sam is a couple of months ago. But I do speak to his daughter, Andrea, who looks after Stan basically 24-7. And um, he had a real bad turn about three months ago, and it was really, you know, hospital and one thing or another. He just got some form of a bug, and it really sort of was a very stressful time for the family. And, um, you know, after that... The, uh, his daughter, Andrew, had to have a little bit of respite from him. They went away for a week, and Stan went into a sort of temporary home. And um, since he came out of there, he did improve a little bit, and he he seems to have, um, you know, he's got back to how he was before he had this other illness on top. So there's no improvement. It's just really the deterioration wasn't any more. You know, you thought when he went in the hospital, well, this is really, you know, a dangerous time. And um, thankfully, you know, he got over it, went back to home, everybody's there, the family, and, um, you know, he's got back to as he was prior to going into the hospital. You know, so the update is from Andrea. He's doing okay. You know, nothing's changed. He's very confused on a daily basis. That's how it is, this condition. You know, you don't really know where you are, who you're with, etc., etc. And... Um, you know, so look, they're all battling away every day. His family's been tremendous, unbelievable. You know, they've they've just, you know, gone through one thing after another and they've stood by him and, like, you know, it's been really sort of proud to see him do it. So, you know, that was the sort of latest update. Dad's doing okay, but it's, you know, there is no reversal. It's just really situation week in, week out a little bit worse it normally gets, you know? Well, you talk about the family and the effect it's had on the family, Tom, but you've yeah. been friends with him for 40 years. How's that... Yeah. How, th- that, must be, that must be a lot to take on for you, having, you know, spent all these years with this guy who's this legend and a kind of this, this powerful guy, an incredible footballer, and have seen how this disease has taken its toll on him. How's that affected you? Well, to be honest, obviously, the playing days, everything's, you know, fine. There's no problems. You know, then I had times where I was abroad and I'd come back, I'd ring Stan up and, you know, we'd go out and meet up, you know, have a beer here and there or whatever. And um, the last, what, six years ago, for instance, I had a sort of beer with Stan. He was fine. Having a beer, having a chat and, like, you know, a few little stories here and there. And then it sort of went on from there. When I went away, I rang him one day and... um, he was confused on the phone. I thought, does he know who I am here? Mm. Then I rang back a sort of month later or three weeks later and his daughter picked the phone up and said, I said, hi, oh, it's Don, Andrea. And she said, look, my dad can't have the phone, Don. He's so confused. He's getting so annoyed. He don't know who people is. Look, he has got early Alzheimer's dementia condition. And that was the first that I knew of it. And then <clears throat> it progressed yearly. It was worse, you know, from... The times where we see him down the bush, you know, and then it got to the point he couldn't write any autographs. It got to the point there was no conversation. It got to the point he didn't really know what money was and stuff like that. And he, he just then got to the stage where he didn't really know who people were. So when you ask me how it is for me, as in the last time i seen him, which, as I say, was a couple of months ago now, you know, you're going up there. It's not a fun day. You're going up there more in supporting mode just to go up there and like have a little look and he just sort of grabs your wrist and he sort of 
clings on a little bit. There is no conversation, but that's the sort of little sign that he appreciates you coming up there and <coughs> it's the way he says something, you know? So, yeah, no, it's real tough. 30 minutes is like six hours. Uh, and, of course, well, presumably it's very different for a player like Stan than a player from today. Should a player in the modern game today fall on kind of times like that they are set up to uh, you know well, deal yeah, deal with it but... anybody today is getting like 100 200 grand a week some of them and like you know if indeed Stan was playing now and he would be getting that figure as well so but... if it ever got to the point that you know you're looking at care homes you're looking at whatever they wouldn't have any problems financially. But, you know, Stan's life is sort of well-documented and, like, you know, he's been married a couple of times and things haven't gone as nice as he might have wanted them to. And, you know, he made a lot of sort of bad decisions here and there. And um, financially, you know, he's he, you know he's in trouble. So we're all trying to help him and stand by him, you know? Uh, Dom, we're going to come on to the good old days in a minute, just sort of to yep. tie this yep. part up. Richard McLennan wants to know... Um, he said there's not been enough donations. I had a look earlier. I think you've raised about seven grand for your marathon effort, which yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, but, but how can I'm people donate? Well, you know, they've got, you know, you can go on to sort of Don Shanks QPR Twitter or Don Shanks Facebook. There's links there. You know, uh, I think there's links for the GoFundMe forward slash running for Alzheimer's Society. But, you know, there's lots of different ways they can. T- get on to make a donation but I'm, I'm glad he, he brought that up because yeah at the moment you know I mean I've been on the go six months and you know I've spent some of my money as well just to get this done and you know I really would like it you know I'm not I'm not just saying QPR fans you know anybody this is sort of like everybody across the board really you know it's like um, people in sport generally you know there's a lot of sports people who've got this and there's a lot of sport people going to get it again you know so it's really you know in our stands situation unfortunately there's no reversal for Stan you know so the next generations to come through I've seen what it's done to him I've seen what it's done to the family how difficult it's been I've seen how his friends have suffered because he doesn't see them as in know them and it's just horrible so the message really for me is Hey guys, donate something because this could happen to anyone, anytime. Mm. Don't want this coming through your front door and and you having to deal with it because it is horrible. The only way it stops is if the scientists get the research money, come up with the cure, and then life becomes a lot happier for a lot of people, you know? So the donations, great if someone can put anything in. We're going full out this weekend. You know, we've got a lot of things going where, you know, there's media stuff, there's stuff on Facebook. You know, I got photos up with Roy Wegley yesterday, met Roy. You know, Roy's very supportive of the whole thing. I'm going to see Rodney Marsh in the next couple of days. You know, I might meet up with Dave Barsley next week. You know, so I'm trying to do my bit to give the QPR fans and the other people who are looking at, you know, my Facebook page something of interest. So if they like something, yeah, sling a fibre in or something. So if we get 10,000 people, sling a fibre in, we've hit 50 grand. It's not that difficult, I don't think. Well, no, but I'll help you out Richard here. McLennan said, you know, it seems to be a bit slow at the moment. But I've got a lot of people who will be putting some money in now and now we're getting real close to the event. You know, I'm getting there. I'm in New York come Thursday, Friday, run on Sunday. So it's real, you know. It's going to happen. Uh, 
And anyone that wants to donate, there's actually, although I've got the web addresses here, there's a very simple way, because I did it this afternoon. If you Google Don Shanks New York Marathon, the first page that comes up is the QPR website that has all three of the fundraising links on it. So if anyone Googles Don Shanks New York Marathon, it will come up and it's very clear how you can donate. Um, Don, we wanted to ask you a couple of questions just about the old days, the old times, quickly before you go. Um, So, well, Colin Clark wants to know, I'm sure you've been asked this a number of times, what was it like playing with a gifted player like Stan? Well, it makes your game easy, you know, because a lot of times, you know, if you're in full-back position or, you know, you've got the ball and you're looking to play it and you're getting closed down, you just know that Stanley's available. And Stanley used to just, anyone in trouble, give me the ball. You know, he's a monster out there. Just give me the ball. And, you know, you'd zip one into him and, like, you didn't maybe really want to do it because you thought, well, he's going to get suffocated here. But sometimes he sort of didn't. You know, but he was a team player as well, Stan. You know, he'd do, the, he'd do the hard graft too. You know, he'd be back for corners, heading them out. You know, he was, Stan was just brilliant to play for. And, you know, like, the minute he, he got defenders in the on the back foot, you know, he'd punish him. He got anywhere around the penalty box, you know, he'd drop his shoulder. And a lot of them knew what they were doing, but he, they still couldn't stop him because he'd done it so well, you know. Mm. So to answer the question, quite simply, you won't have a better player in the team than Stan Bowles. Uh, Don, we have four of us around the table here tonight. None of us yeah. who were old enough to see that 76 team. And included in the four of us is 15-year-old Alfie, whose only real reference point is that 2011 team and what he's seen since. So te- for, for the benefit of us and everyone else who wasn't there, tell us, two-part two part question, how good was that 76 team? And if Stan Bowles were a player now, who would he be? Right, well, the 76 team, you know, you've got to think... We had nine internationals in that team, i.e. the only two that won were basically David Webb and Frank McClintock. I think the others, Gillard, Dave Clement, Parksy, Masson, Jerry, Francis, Don Givens, Thomas Bolsey, all internationals. But the one thing they all had, they all were very, very comfortable on the ball. And they all, you know, worked real hard as well. And they all respected each other. You know, although like everyone thought, oh, Stan's this, and he's such a team player, you know. You, all you have to do is go to a training session and watch the team train, and you just realise, hey, this is a proper team here. This is the real deal. You know, you go to clubs and you train, it's a little bit like a jolly up. It weren't a jolly up at the bush, I can assure you. It was, you know, the training game was a proper, proper training session, you know. So everybody was really aiming for targets. I mean, Jerry, captain, you know, tremendous. He had loads of injury problems when he was fit. Jerry weren't a better midfield player than them. Dave Thomas, God bless him. You know, he's half blind at the moment, as we all know. But as a winger, what a player he was. And Don Masson, a little Scots fellow in midfield, he was tremendous. You know, an unsung hero. Don Gibbons worked real well with staying up front, you know. And the boys at the back, well, there weren't anyone better. And Parksy, probably, in my opinion, was the best goalkeeper in the country at the time. So... To answer the question about that, I would say that team was quite exceptional. You know, I only played a couple of games in the side. I was sub a few times. But, you know, I was part of the setup all the time in the European games, etc. And it was just great to be around them. And you actually, you know, you watched the guys perform. And, I mean, they were just incredible. They really were. You know, so they were exceptional. Um, second question was? Who would 
What 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 kind of player would Stan Bowles be today? Who's he comparable to? Who would be comparable to? Well, I, I, to be honest with you, uh, you know, he'd be, he, he would be could be like sort of anyone out there, like Aguero's, you know, these type of players. Someone who gets the ball, turns people, scores goals. You know, always sort of available. You got they got to remember as well when Stan was playing. He had like I think two broken legs. You're playing on a quagmire. You're playing with heavy balls. You put Stan on these pitches now with the balls and the referees like uh, given the protection the forwards deserve. He would just torment them, terrorise them. He would, you know he, you know the tackles that he had to endure. Like you know you used to cringe. You look at things. Not going to get up from that one. And somehow he does. Just sort of shakes himself down and you know gets up and he goes again. You know, so, um, you know, the Lionel Messi's of this world comes into mind, you know, the sort of left foot, sort of low trajectory, you know, real in total control at all times, make the killer pass, give him too much room and finish off with a goal. You know, Stan could do that. Obviously, I think Messi just a little bit better than Stanley, but Stanley could be on the same field as him any time, yeah. <laughs> Um, hi, Don. It's uh, Johnny here. Um, just wanted to. Hey, how you doing? Oh, hi, I'm fine. Um, just wanted to say, um, firstly, you know what you're doing this weekend is, um, it, you know, is fantastic. And having ru- run a marathon myself at the age of 36, a good few years ago, uh, I know how hard it is. So, you know, you're doing it right. is, is, <laughs> is, is is brilliant. Um, but what I wanted to um, uh, just to let you know is that you know I'm here with my son tonight. My son's 15. Um, and oh. he is, um, you know, the things that, um, that the awareness that, 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 that you have uh, brought to the fans around Alzheimer's and dementia and the QPR fans um, has even made my son sort of raise money for Alzheimer's. He's uh, recently joined Facebook and as part of his, for, for his birthday, he's been sort of raising funds. What was, sort what of was his name, Alfie? Alfie. Yeah, Hi. Tell him well done. He's doing a great job. Fantastic. Uh, so, so, we all so, appreciate that. <laughs> so, where, so when my wife said, you know, why have you, why have you done it? And he said, it's because of, of Stan, because of, of Stan Bowles. So I just oh, want to let you know that w- what, what you're doing and, you know, ra- you are raising awareness. So, you know, there are even, you know, kids out there who now know what Alzheimer's um, you know, actually is a, a, and what it does. And, um, you know, there are people... Um, who you are motivating to uh, you know to do the same as you and want to wish you the best of luck for the weekend well thanks that's great to know and thank Alfie once again that's brilliant yeah cheers thank you Don good luck no problem um, yeah oh. sorry go on G- good luck that's, Don that's... we will we'll make sure that we plug anyone that's interested in sponsoring Don we'll tweet out the addresses uh, there is gofundme.com slash running hyphen four hyphen Stan or slash running hyphen four hyphen Alzheimer's Now listen, uh, just before you guys go, I haven't yeah. seen the last two games. Uh, have we played well? Have we played <laughs> well? <laughs> <laughs> I've been running miles and miles. I haven't seen the games. Obviously, we've got two great results, which uh, has kept me going over here. So give the, uh, the players a pat on the back for me because it's... It's great. We've won three out of three and conceded none. So Steve McLaren deserves a little pat on the back and all the boys. Yeah, great. Yeah, happy days are here again. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thanks, Don. Good luck. Thanks very much, we'll guys. You guys have you. a great day. Take care. Okay. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Oh, what great guy. What great cause. Um, almost feels inadequate to move on. 
quickly, uh, but we will mm-hmm. in the interest of time. And we'll tweet out all the kind of addresses <coughs> for everyone to sponsor Dom for that. Wanted to come back to the team. Uh, have we hit on our best team? So, so I think it is no coincidence that the last three games we have been unchanged. And is this, whatever you want to call it, 4-2-3-1 or 4-2-2-1-1, whatever it is, of Lumley, Rangel, The Wall, Bidwell, Luongo, Cameron, Joek Freeman, Ezzy Hemed, is that our best 11? I think of the players we've got, yeah. Um, God knows we've seen our worst 11 quite a few times over the past few seasons. So, um, yeah, I think it's playing that system, playing... Ezzy and Freeman in more central rather than wide role, feeding off one striker. Um, and the defence looks really solid. Uh, the thing about the last two home wins is both games, we only had about 35% possession. We scored three goals in one of those games. So we need to keep the ball more, use it more effectively. Um, we did give Villa lots of chances. That, yeah. um, and we were lucky that I think Tammy Abraham missed a sitter where it would have been yes. easier to, to score. Uh, and that could have changed the complexion of the game. So there's still room for improvement. We're still going to have a bumpy ride. Uh, I think that's bound to happen. But so far, so good. Enjoy it while it lasts. Mm-hmm. What I like about this team is we've got good reserves in every position. You know who will come in. And on the basis that you only make one change, they'll, they won't do too bad. So you know if Hemmings out, Wells will start. You know, if one of the central defence is out, then then Hall or Baptiste will start. You know that uh, uh, you know if if um, Cameron's out, that uh, what's Scowan. name Scowan will start. And they're all good quality players. It's sort of very reassuring. All of a sudden, ba- there's a lot of balance to the squad, and there's people being played mostly in the positions that they're best in. Um, to your point around the stability of the starting eleven, I think that is so key. And you've seen it with other teams who, I mean, I hate to use the Fulham example of their back four changing every game and they're shipping goals, but mm. that goes to show that they can't find the right you know, formula. But it feels like at the moment we have a formula that we're playing to. We have the people playing in the right positions. What happens if we get injuries? Who knows? When you know January is not that far away, does that mean we're going to you know lose one or two of our key players? Hopefully not. And I think to your point around the bumpy ride, yeah, it, we're going to. It's not going to be like this for the rest of the season. There's going to be some um, some difficult games, more difficult results. We've still got to play a lot of the top teams that we haven't played yet. Um, but if they're playing to the formula and they're playing well and they've got confidence, which seems to be. Um, you know, quite key at the moment, and they are they are playing out from the back, and they're they're, they're not you know they what they were I think they were trying to do early on giving the ball away. We're keeping the ball better from um, you know from the back. We are playing back to front, and we are holding the ball um, you know up front when we get it and playing the midfielders in. So, Alfie, should yes. we be thinking about the playoffs? Right, so. <laughs> He, he is. I, yeah, of course. I, of course. You know, you could see when after the Villa game, obviously we had a game in hand, everyone was like, oh, three points off the top, one point off the play- playoffs. And I think that's when people went, you know, actually it's possible. And we were, after the Bristol City loss, we were the favourites for relegation. We, were, we moved to the favourites for relegation. And I've actually got, here I've got the team up from when we lost 7-1 to West Brom. And that was probably... That was probably, you know, 
the biggest low for a long time. Yeah. You know, to lose 7 1. It was and the biggest low for at least three weeks in yeah. the history of QPR <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I mean, it's Paul, just. Paul, Paul, Paul would say, what Paul would say? Paul would say something like, Finney would say something like, Voxel, who was it? Who, yeah, yeah, Voxel, Voxel, Voxel Motors. That's probably yeah. his lowest. Yeah. And, and we've got, moment. you know, compared as, as, to... As uh, someone who's, let's say, whatever, eight, nine years, is that was that your lowest low in the time you've been following the team? Yeah, I'd say, because I don't think, me personally... Worse than being relegated. Yeah, I, when we relegated, I think everyone thought, you know, you know that there was a worse season. It was glad to be down almost, mm. because it was just horrific, yeah, losing again. every single week. Yeah, exactly, yeah, to start, start again. again. Um, and I feel like... We've been talking about it for a while that we need to go back and rebuild and in a few years we'll be challenging again. And I feel like either this season or next season should be the challenge. I mean, especially, I think, personally, Rangel has been the key. I think we brought him in, experience in the squad. He's kept the back line in check. We've stopped conceding goals. Um, And I just think that with the team, I, I watched... I don't usually watch games really that aren't QPR, especially from the Championship, but I watched the Leeds game. I watched a bit of the Leeds game and I watched Borough play. Uh, and I don't think we are that much worse than teams that are favourites to win it. So I think it, we should be thinking about a push, a challenge, but I don't, don't see why not. But for, for, for promotional players? I mean, if you get into playoffs, there's... there's if we get into the playoffs, I mean, look, the season that Reading got playoff final and the next season almost went down in consecutive seasons. I think if we're going to get into the playoffs, we may as well try and win it. I mean, why not? You don't want to get into the playoffs and not. Yeah, I mean, why, no. why not? Why you not? only want to get in the playoffs yeah. if you yeah. win the thing. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. true. Exactly. It's what it's, yeah, we've been there. We've, we've lost in the playoffs. And what about you two old boys who are not, who are not, do not have necessarily the optimism of youth? Do you think playoffs Baggage. are now <laughs> realistic? Well, I, I, I'm still dwelling on the memory of Vauxhall Motors now it's been bought up. I mean, Alf, Alfie is too young to remember the time we'd lost to a factory. LAUGHTER <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that was a bad time. But but going back to the point about Rangel, I think what you get with someone like that is professionalism, yeah. uh, and he raises the bar. And you can bring in a player like Benoit Asu Okoto, who yeah. used to stroll around wondering what he was going to have for his dinner, rather than thinking about his defensive responsibilities. And that lowers the standard of a team who are earning a lot less and have less of a reputation. So. Um, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> Playoffs. Playoffs. Um, realistically, uh, no. But as a supporter, I'll be expecting nothing less than automatic promotion. <laughs> but, but you know that if you ask the manager or the, the squad, are you thinking about the playoffs? They think about a game at a time, right? So it's just about winning the next game. And if you keep winning the next game... And you, and you, you win enough of them, you yeah, get where you're, you need you're, to be. Yeah, yeah. You'll you, you be there or there. Yeah. It changes very quickly. Brentford, who we play in two weeks' time, I think, are going back to about a month. They were fourth. Mm. Uh, and now it, they're... Now it's so, they're but it's so compressed. It's so compressed. So a few wins or a few defeats. Yeah, I mean, if we lose we'll the next... Juices, if so. we lose... I mean, we've got some hard games. If yeah, we yeah. lose, you know, the next yeah. three or four games, we could be back down 18th, 19th. It's so tight. Sh- just yeah, I know. You know, you know, it's like when you're on a winning run. Though I, I, I spend most of my time daydreaming about the next results and envisaging QPR winning. So yeah. I, in my mind, we'll probably get a draw at Blackburn, but then I think we're going to win about four in a row. But when we're on a losing run, I just 
block it all out and I don't think about football. But it comes yeah. back to, again, expectations that, you know, rewind to where people thought we'd be at the start of the season. Well, I can't remember where we finished last season, but people probably... 16th last people season. People would have said sure. 15th, 14th, probably Better about Better than right. last season, I think, so was the aim. And then the start of the season, we were below expectations, so then it's McLaren out and what's he doing and this, that and the other. And now we're possibly punching above where we expected to be. So now people are... You know, clearly nothing. Nothing else matters. Yeah. The, the the moans of why did we put you know Manning out on loan? Um, you know, would you you know would you bring Furlong back now instead of Rangel? All these all these questions that are being winning cures everything. Yeah. Well, well, absolutely th- nothing. Nothing. When the first team is winning, nothing else matters. Well, one thing we can't forget though uh, is that we can't reinforce in January. So whatever no. happens with but it's with also injuries, not lo- not keep keeping. Everyone, not letting anyone go. We can't afford to lose anyone because we can't replace them. I mean, mm-hmm. even like, you know, Eze and Freeman, just keep them at least until the summer. Yeah. But I don't think Eze will go in January. I don't think he will. No. no, no, no I they, think they Freeman, can, Freeman even said that he had his head We can't replace anyone who we sell, which would be critical. Having no, 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 I believe we can. Although it's, it's an embargo, for, it's yeah. just there's a weird rule it's that like if one you for one. sell anyone, you can buy someone up to 60 or 70%, 70 like, yeah. of the value. Of the well, we could sell sold. Silla for about 4 million and, and buy someone really well for two and a half. Right, ours end, which is the last bit of the podcast. It's basically any other business, anything else. That we have or haven't mentioned need to that we well that we haven't mentioned actually that we would like to bring up. Um, my, I'll go first. Mine is I know if Paul was here, he would mention two key events. It's been a pretty rough week for football, really. So I, I think you know, of course, we're a QPR podcast, um, but terrible news about Glenn Hoddle, an absolute legend in the game, and. Everybody would wish him well, and of course Leicester. Um, and I always think, I think with the, with the tragedy that happened in Leicester, and of course um, condolences and thoughts with everyone involved. But I feel that that goes way beyond Leicester because we talked about it when they won what they did in 2016. I think it was what they did affected and had a profound effect on everyone. And when we talk about, well, could we do it? Could we get yeah. to the playoffs? I bring that back to... I always think about things like Leicester. They showed that anything is possible through the way that club was set up, managed, and the kind of daring to dream or whatever it was. So I I kind of think, A, we should take that spirit, and B, something most definitely um, lost and that will be missed by those tragedies. So mine, they're my R's end for this podcast. Johnny? Yeah, thanks. Um, I hadn't really thought about an R's end until... It's not mandatory, although now. Paul Finney makes it seem like I, it I know, is. You can I know, pass. I know. No, no, no I'm not going to pass, but all, all I'm going to say is, I think just to put things in um, perspective and, and not get carried away, and to the, to the Leicester point, they, as a club, have done things slowly, methodically, and there's been some clearly some you know difficult decisions they've taken, and... Um, probably split the fans, getting rid of Ranieri at the time. And I think it's, you know, QPR is quite similar where in, in so much as we might have made some decisions that have been unpopular, but it's about the longer term. And I think just people need to have, you know, patience. And even the last, you know, four months have proved that, um, you know, patience has probably been, been the right, you know, the right thing. We I think we still made the right decision um, 
whenever it was in the summer, before the summer, um, you know, with, with, with Holloway leaving and, and bringing in McLaren. I think it's the right trajectory. And I think there's, there's you know, there is more to come. It's, you know, it doesn't stop here. Um, but people just need to uh, be patient and, and, and trust, you know, the people in charge at the I end I think of you're the day. suggesting we might lose again soon, which we're not entertaining, so we'll go yeah. on to Alfie. <laughs> Alfie. Um, yeah, I think when Leicester did win the league, I remember, like, I remember, you know, that could that be anyone else? Could that be us yes. in the next? Yes. And I think obviously decisions are made, such as the owners sacking Holloway because they didn't want to be challenging for survival. They want to be challenging for promotion. And I think it is looking at. I think as. My dad said, "Patience is patience is key," and McLaren has proved that. Uh, and I think, especially as a QPR fan, I mean, it's never like win, win, win. It's never, it's never ever been like that. And I think it's just, could it, if it's not this season, could it be next season? Eventually, I think we'll make it back to the Premier League, hopefully. And yeah, I just think that maybe if we do, I mean, look at teams like. Burnley, who went up, let I mean, well, yeah, Leicester, but Leicester and Burnley went up with us. Burnley, um, exactly, yeah. and but Burnley got fifth. We were, but we were not trying to be Burnley; we were trying to be some weird Real version Madrid. of Man City. <laughs> yeah, which exactly. is where you go wrong. Which mm. is where Fulham are going. Well, some of players like Tay Tay yeah. that, that, um, That's yeah. where Fulham are going. I have forgotten about. I weirdly liked him. I quite like him. He was really good on Football Manager. Right. Sorry, did I interrupt you, Alfie? Um No, I'm pretty much done. done. Just be patient, yeah. The patience. max I got more saying patience. patience. I've got more patience with QPR than I have with my son. <laughs> I can tell. Mark, finish us off, as we say on this podcast. There are no children listening. Um, um, I can, continuing the, the, the sombre note, I, I think we were all quite moved this week when we saw on TV the images of John Terry... On the bench, <laughs> um, looking like a we man who, who really didn't want to be there. Uh, he couldn't move, he couldn't react, he couldn't say anything back. And he just, it came through on the TV broadcast as they had to, on more than one occasion, apologise yeah. for, for the bad Did language. Because yeah, we, had friends, we had friends watching it who couldn't hear it. No, yeah. no Charlie, said, Charlie said that they had oh, to multiple they? times, about four times, oh, we apologise for the language. Yeah. Yeah. It's very loud. I, I think, I think <laughs> that the, the loathing is, is mutual. And yeah. There was nothing the poor man could do about it. He was stuck on the bench and uh, he took pelters and, mm-hmm. and, and it was televised and it was glorious. And I think we all enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, watching John, Derry, John Terry suffer his indignity uh, many times over and, and long may that reign. Very quickly before we finish, Blackburn predictions. Just the score. Johnny? Are we home or away? Away. We're away. <laughs> We're away. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know the upcoming fixtures. Um, I think we'll draw. Draw one Alfie. Oh yeah, I've got I've one all as well. One all. I was gonna say one all, yeah. Um we're keeping it going. We'll win two nil. <laughs> um thank you very much. Thank you all very much. Thank you very much for listening, Johnny. Uh, uh, you've been shown up this evening Thanks. by your own son. I hope yeah. you can deal well, I'm with sure that in your own way. Before me next Absolutely. Time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alfie, thanks for joining us. Mark, Cheers. thank you for joining us. It's been open all ours. Pleasure. QPR. QPR. This one right there.